are recording. Cotton candy. Yeah. Oh, I think I know who it is. That's what I'm. Just based on that. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Oh nope. No. No. Mm. Just for the listeners, um, Clinton and Joe guessed Pennywise. It is not. It's a very good guess because it is my favorite Stephen King book. But no, I didn't pick him because I, I, her. Mm. Well, it could be right. Like so, it's a it's a supernatural entity. But then Plus, again, we did Frankenstein's monster. That's not exactly a human. Yeah. Made out of human, though. When you pick, like... And we actually did Frankenstein, didn't we? Oh, no, no. We no, did we Frankenstein's did monster, yeah. An ancient evil that has been around for whatever. He's got to be a 22. He's like, got to be a 22. I mean, just, <laughs> it's just, he's responsible for all kinds of stuff, yeah. Um, but no, I did not so pick too him. simple, is that what we're saying? <laughs> no discussion there. <laughs> Welcome to Murder Brunch. We're the Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Clinton. I'm Rachel. I'm Joe. And this is the podcast where we bring you two tales of murder and mayhem and discuss where a killer falls on Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. Here, here. First I, try <laughs> after six weeks, seven no. weeks, nine weeks. I don't even know how like long. Like three weeks. Six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's been years. I was making fun of you for clearing your throat, but then I almost choked on a potato when I said I'm Rachel. As one does. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the grape juice in this. Okay, so the cocktail today, listener, dear listener, is um, um, it's called our Magic Cotton Candy Martini. And it's cotton candy, grape juice, and vanilla vodka. That's it. And you pour it over the cotton candy to melt the cotton candy. But a grape juice, I don't it does not give me good vibes. No. I would try this with a different No, the, the grape juice mixed with vodka, to me, turns medicinal. Yeah. And yeah. It, yeah. Not a fan. Yeah, I would try a different juice. It's not terrible, but I, I would I would like to try this with a different juice. I would like to have a, a second try. Yeah. yeah. Should have gone with my gut reaction and said, you know what? Grape juice is out. Passion fruit mango is in. Well, we have um, some sweetened lime sauce. Or is it lime <laughs> syrup or something? That's lime about sauce? <laughs> it's the closest we have to a fruit juice in this house right now. And for brunch today, Clinton decided to serve up straight up lunch. <laughs> That's right. So we'll have him pork chops. Steakhouse style Ooh, pork chops. Fancy. And then just some green beans and breakfast potatoes. Okay. I brought a Danish. And I brought lemon bars. I tried. For you. <laughs> I, it's appreciated. I, I've tried for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this meal. I haven't eaten anything but junk all day. Shit, I haven't eaten anything but junk all weekend. I had Oreos for breakfast. It's great when husbands go out of town. Yep. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. I, uh, uh, no shame, no regret, but last night I made up a huge batch of whipped cream and just ate a bowl of it. <laughs> no, no, is it, was it? Oh my God. <laughs> was it homemade whipped yeah. cream? Like you whipped the cream? Yeah, yeah, I whipped okay. the cream. Yeah. And I had more than I anticipated. And so I first I put it all into a bowl with the intention of eating all of it. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is too much, this is too much. So I so I packaged some of it up to use on like the kids' waffles this morning and stuff like that. Okay, so you showed some restraint. But, <laughs> but I ate like a soup bowl <laughs> of whipped cream. But really though, that's like Right. Half a teaspoon of sugar and some whipped heavy cream, cream at that's that point. That's why I was like, like, you know, as far as desserts go, I feel like that's pretty benign. Whipped cream is technically keto. Awesome. But I was just like, what am I doing? 
<laughs> I need my husband to come home. <laughs> I did DoorDash one night because my husband doesn't believe in deliveries. <laughs> I did the same because we both had husbands oh, yeah. away for the weekend. All three of us. That's interesting. We should have got together. Mm, Why yeah. didn't we just get together and hang out? <laughs> we need to communicate better. <laughs> All right, are we ready? Oh, for our for our real character. For our real character, the one I mean, we're our real fictional yes. character. Yes. Eighteen twelve is when there was we, a war. <laughs> very good. <laughs> is when we believe we have the first published tale of Hansel and Gretel. Mm. This was done by the Grimm brothers. They captured the story of lost children coming across a candy house in the wood and an evil cannibalistic witch. While she contemplates eating Hansel, Gretel shoves her into the oven and rids themselves of her evil presence. So just to give you a little little recap of what that story is. So we're talking about a fairy tale here. Now, boys and girls, how do you think that felt? <laughs> we were just discussing the Adams family. Yeah. Right. Throughout history, the story has been retold lots of times. All right. The witch is known by lots of names in different versions of the Hansel and Gretel tale. She's known as the gingerbread hag, the candy hag, and in... Engel Humperdinck's 1892 opera, she's known as Rosina Leckermall. So At least it doesn't have hag on the <laughs> <laughs> That old bitch in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so, the question is, is there more to this story? Okay. There is an author named Hans Traxler who published a book in 1963 where he had evidence that, where evidence had been found that a baker named Katarina Schrader had been very popular in Nuremberg. Okay, she was especially popular for her gingerbread treats. She loved loved that gingerbread. A rival baker, Hans Metzler, everybody's named Hans. All right, everybody's named Hans. Hans Metzler saw a loss in his his profits when she whenever she came to town, and so he was getting very jealous by his rival, and he decided to. And it was a woman. And it was a woman. I bet and he that decided really that <laughs> stuck a what was it a something in his craw? Something in his craw. <laughs> um, and so. And by craw, I mean his butt. So, Hans Metzler decided he was going to marry Katarina and get access to her recipes. Oh, wow. That's an interesting route to fixing the problem. Yeah. Unfortunately, she refused. Aw. F you, I'm not. I'm not giving up the goods. He needs to step up his wooing game. (laughs) She knew. That's because he probably just approached her once in the street and she's Mm. like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) She's like, you're not getting this gingerbread. It's like, nice hot buns. Want to get married? (laughs) Nice hot buns. So you want to cross re- those hot buns? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> when she refused, Metzler began to spread rumors she was a backer hexa or baker witch. Mm. All right, so the reason people liked her goods was because she was a witch. Well, that just seems like part of the course even now mm-hmm. today. Um, I don't know. She's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Katarina was driven out of town and forced to move to a small house in the Spetsart Forest near Frankfurt. So now we have a baking witch living in a little house in the forest. Okay. So everyone loves her treats. Yeah. The lesser baker starts saying, well, you know, she's a witch. And everyone's like, like, oh, well, then let's throw her out of town. Yeah. She's a witch. You can't have witches around. Of course we love her treats. More importantly, she's a a woman. (laughs) She's a woman. I think that's really what it comes to. Oh my gosh, that's so annoying. And then now everybody gets to lose out on the good good stuff, on the gingerbread. Mm -hmm. Now we're stuck with Metzler stuff, which is only right, because that chick was a witch. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have that plain-ass gingerbread, because it's it's not witchy. (laughs) (laughs) It's what we deserve. 
Metzler still wanted that recipe because people wanted those gingerbread Yeah, because they all went into his shop and they're like, you know what, your gingerbread's okay, but I really wish that... Where'd that witch go? <laughs> so we Have asked... you seen that witch lately? <laughs> Did she I know do delivery? We, we know we threw her out of town, but still. So he asked his sister, Greta, to search with him for Katarina's house. They so we've got Hans and Greta. Hans and Greta. They found it and killed her. After searching the house, they still had no, they found no recipe that was written down. So however she made her, her sweets, she did it from memory. She had nothing written down. And so they were real pissed and stuffed her body in the oven to burn the remains and then left the house. Eventually they were found out and tried. But since Katarina was considered a witch, the Metzlers used self-defense as their motive and got off. Because she's a witch. You got to eradicate those witches. God. The story got changed. You know and- how like sometimes you think you're like, oh, I wish I lived in a simpler time mm-hmm. and something like that. It was all terrible. It was all terrible. It was all terrible. Humans terrible. are the worst. And you go back in time and you're like, what the fuck is all of this? The story got changed and Hans and Greta became Hansel and Gretel as in little Hans and little Greta. So this was a lie. This whole thing about Katarina Schrader, total lie. Good, because it kind of <laughs> pissed me off. Hans Traxler published the story as a literary hoax, and some people have run with it as the truth. So when you do a search, because when I was doing my research for The Witch of Hansel and Gretel, this comes up, and some people are, are using it, like if you go to some sites, they make it sound like it's the absolute truth. And even Hans Traxler has come out, he's like, I made it all up, guys. I did it to sell a book. Like, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So putting that aside, that was just a fun little tangent. You enjoy that? I did. Okay. Well, Except for the part where it made you angry. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's how you know it's good. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you get that serotonin anyway. You can get it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> In reality, the Grimm brothers saw themselves more as historians and scholars rather than storytellers. They were recording oral histories. And if anyone told them that they were going to be known as fairy tale makers, they would have been actually pretty offended. Because they were they were literally, literally trying to record their country's culture right Right. it was more like (laughs) folk tales back then yes but but they wanted them but they considered them truths as well okay yeah um so this one hansel and gretel came from wilhelm's future wife henriette dorothea wilde who was a neighbor they started out as neighbors and then they fell in love and got married the real story and this is actually more heartbreaking was a simplified version of the 1314 to 1322 famine Families were sending their children into the woods and away from their homesteads to basically forage for food and or die. This was their way of getting rid of kids that they could not feed. One chronicler said the famine was so bad that, quote, people were so destroyed by hunger that they extracted bodies of the dead from cemeteries. And in his book, The Third Horseman, William Rosen cites an Estonian chronicle which stated that in 1315, mothers were to be fed to their children. That seems kind of not productive. Well, I guess it was the idea that children will live on. Yeah. Mothers are at the end of their lives. That right They've already had their children. 27, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was pretty bad. Why not the dad? They make the money. <sighs> they fight Apparently the bears. Not. Yeah. If they made some money, maybe they would buy some food. That wasn't the problem, though. It wasn't the money. It was that there was no food to be had. It's true. All right, so these children who were sent out into the woods, were found in the woods, and men and women who found the bodies would eat them to save their own lives. So it was perpetuating this cannibalism that was just basically keeping the people in this area alive. Those cannibals, the ones who would go into the woods and eat children's bodies, were known as witches. They were considered witches. Oh. 
Interesting. So Hot Wendangos? Yeah, I know, right? Hansel and Gretel were the most common names of the time, and so that's how Grimm recorded the story. So to record what was going on, because if you if you read the original Grimm fairy tale, like the woodcutter and his wife don't have names. You know, it's supposed right. to be this whole um, like allegory, not allegory. That's not 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 the word I'm probably looking for, but what's the word I'm looking for, Clinton? Like you know, like it, like it, it, it's the source. <laughs> it's it's a it's a. Please I mean, all this out. I think allegory works. They're symbolic. Yeah, of, they're symbolic yeah. Of, of the families of this time. Every, not yeah, just, everybody. Yeah. It was. It's like anybody's face could be on these characters, right? And a lot of times, like when a lot of times when you read the stories of Hansel and Gretel, it's they're not being sent out because of anger. It is it, the father's like, here, just go for a walk for a little bit, and we'll see you when you get back. Or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, and that's because of what was going on. So anyway. Looking just at the figurative tale of Hansel and Gretel, we have a witch who tortures hungry children with a gingerbread house and impending cannibalism. But only Gretel commits murder in this story. She pushes the witch into the oven. So who to put on the scale? This is where I came up with with a bit of an issue. Gretel seems easiest because she would be one justifiable homicide to avoid being eaten, to save her brother and to avoid being eaten herself. But the, the witch is a bit more complicated. She only has a presumed body count, but she does torture and is a professed cannibal. So I'm going to say the witch, and I do have a few scale ideas for her. Unless you want to make the argument that we should put Gretel on. Well, we could do both, you know, because Gretel's not an argument. She's a one. She's a one. She's a one. Right? Yeah. So, okay, so we could put we could put her on the scale if we want. But yeah, she has to be a one. Yeah. It's, it's she, almost self-defense. She kind of fits better than it. And you Shut up. <laughs> and Nico right. is the villain of the story. Sorry. We all know this. <laughs> How dare you? All right. So the witch. The scale I'm referring to is, of course, Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil, which Clinton will tell us all about right now. Ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish my cocktail. It is a 22 category scale ranging from category one, justifiable homicide, to category 22, psychopathic torture murderers with torture as their primary motive. The motive need not always be sexual. Lovely. The end of this cocktail is nothing but like a thick syrup. It's, it's the cotton candy at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it's all of it. Well, and also if you wonder, is, is, is that the only sugar that's in cotton candy? How much sugar do you need to whip up cotton candy? Oh, it's like one grain of sugar makes up like a ton. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. It's just yeah, like melted and stretched sugar. That's awesome. All right. So here we go. Some scale ideas for the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Hansel. That's the first time I said Hansel. 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 All right. Here we go. 19. Psychopaths driven to subjugation, terrorism, rape, etc. short of murder. Because technically we don't have any record of her killing people. It's just assumed that that's what she has done to children in the past. 20. Torture murderers, but in persons with distinct psychosis. I kind of felt that a woman who changes her house into a, you know, <laughs> into a candy house and attracts children might have a bit of psychosis. And not tw- if there's a famine. Go- well, I guess that it would be psychosis because I mean, if there is a famine you're going on, why don't you eat the gingerbread? That's an ass load of gingerbread. You got <laughs> That's there. true. You're living in it. Sometimes you want some meat. All right, and twenty one psychopaths committing extreme torture, but not known to have killed. Which I thought that one was interesting too. That that one's interesting from twenty to nineteen, twenty one to nineteen. That that's that. It seems like a very minuscule change between those right. two levels. I don't know why nineteen is so much more specific. Driven to subjugation, terrorism, rape. 
shorter murder, and then psychopaths committing extreme torture. So I guess you'd have to decide whether what she does to Hansel, putting him in a cage. To plumpen him up. To plumpen him up is extreme torture or just... Well, if she force feeds him too. Good old regarded variety terrorism. Right. Because it's not just like locking someone in a cage and having them wait, which is torture enough. It's like you you waiting for your death. You know? Yeah. A lot of times it's depicted that he, he's watching her prepare yeah. the foods that he is going to be cooked with, right? But in then other versions, she force feeds him to fatten him up, right. which is torture in itself. And I suppose there is a torture involved with, for both Hansel watching his sister, knowing she's going to be next, or Gretel watching Hansel, knowing that her brother's going to die. Like, that's a form of torture. You don't want to see that for your sibling. Right. So, yes. And then I, I think it's fairly safe to make the judgment call that the witch is a psychopath. Like, I think she's a psychopath. She's she's literally trying to eat a child. And she's using all means of trickery to get that child. So there's scheming involved. Yeah. I wish we had uh, a little more backstory on the witch. How many children has she lured and That's killed? That's the tricky part. There's really no written evidence of that. I mean, if you were going to go with the famine as the background, you would assume mm, there might be quite a few. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends on how, how, <laughs> how healthy this witch was. You know what I mean? But if we're going straight from the tale, she just says, this is what she does to kids. I'm going to fatten you up and eat you. And again, there's really no reason because obviously she has the stuff to, she has stuff to, bake and cook yeah that is a good point because if we were going with if we were putting the people on the scale let's say we were taking the actual villagers of this time who went into the forest to eat dead children's bodies right if we were doing those villagers you know there might be something there for to to stave off hunger to stave off starvation eating dead children right well but we've done that before where like how you treat a dead body and stuff like that but they have a little bit more of a justifiable reason right this woman is literally she's got food at her at her Back in call, and she's chewing too. Yeah. Well, chewing, I'm a, chewing too. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm a take. When I grow up, I'm gonna live in the woods. Uh, gingerbread hag. So, so all of your categories fall into the bottom or top, however you want to read it, of serial killers, <laughs> torturers, and sadists. Yes. Yeah. I think you could argue that she is one above and or below that on the spree or multiple murders psychopathy is apparent um psychopathic cold-blooded spree or multiple murders no only because i think there's a form spree typically is it happens in a short period you go out you kill a bunch of people and you're done right it's like you start and then can't stop yeah all right and then the next one then 16 psychopathic persons committing multiple vicious acts including murder I think there's a form of psychopathy here. I think I, I think. It would well, be- no, yeah, psychopathy is apparent. Well, that doesn't have the torture element, right? Sixteen. It doesn't specifically say torture, but vicious acts. See, to me, vicious acts would be like I'm going to cut off your finger and eat that first. You know what I mean? Like I think that I think the torture is what having Hansel watch her cut up the well, carrot she's going to cook him with, and stuff is like that. the torture her motivation or is the killing and eating her motivation? Mm. Well, she could have killed them quickly. Then they wouldn't be as plump. Exactly. So that's a bit of a torture. Like, there is something to be said, like... Is that torture? Oh, no. Stuff me in a cage and feed me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, this is where he's been on a diet. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is where we have to point out that that Clinton Uh, is a uh, diagnosed sociopath at this point. Like there's, I mean, no kink shame or anything, but yeah, I I think there's something very torturous about luring children to their death. You created a candy house not to attract adults. You are literally attracting children because you like eating babies. You know what I mean? Like there's something weird about that. But you could argue that she. She simply wanted to make a candy house. And then her problem was they came and they started eating her house and then she flipped her wig. That's not a not, that's not a good enough reason. But that's she is in the woods. Why the fuck are you in the woods? Why are you on my property? Why are you eating my house? Right. You know? They were starving. And she's like, now you're and you know, maybe you can you can argue it's your stand your ground. So it's on her property. Damn it. So threatened, I Rachel. Think, I don't they were so. trying to get in her house. I don't think stand your ground works in a case where cannibalism is. <laughs> I think that's where the courts draw the line. But I do I do think it's interesting you brought up the whole thing. She could have killed them quickly. She could have killed if she was starving, if she was hungry, right. or if she felt threatened in her own home by these candy eaters. <laughs> She could have killed them quickly, but she didn't. She chose to torture them. This is I don't, torture. So, okay. Let's assume we give it to you and say it is torture. What do you mean give it to me? I want it. But <laughs> I do not think it is category 21 extreme torture. Okay. I, I, I'll give you that. She didn't like flay them open right. and stuff like that. Okay. I'll give you not so. So you're saying 19? Because she does not murder them in the story. They get away with it. Even in Grimm's tale, I think they get away. With it. You know how sometimes they go a little darker in Grimm's right. tale. But you, you will have I think to. Cancel like Red, I'll still get away with you it. You will have to assume that she hasn't killed though. Oh, that's true. That's on true. On the 19th, because uh, on that level, it, they, they it's do it all and then draw the line at murder. Right. So, <laughs> so. I guess that one doesn't work. What, what was 20? Did 20 so, so 19 is the psychopath driven to terrorism, subjugation, rape, short of murder. So no killing ever. Um, but 20 is torture murderers, but in persons with distinct psychosis. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I, I really do feel like we can give her a, a psychosis judgment. Mainly because she's made up and we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> I, I say 20 then. I think she's a 20. Or is she a ruthlessly self-centered psychopathic schemer? We're not doing that one again. <laughs> We're not doing that one again. She, she clearly schemed. I mean, at this point, if, if we were to choose, what is that, 16 or 15? How did she scheme? She built a house of candy to, to lure, lure children. children. She didn't advertise it. <laughs> that, did. That's what I'm saying. She I did think, not advertise it. I think it. you're giving she, her the benefit of the doubt. Well, why not? Because I think you're, I, you are innocent until proven guilty. Who lives in a candy house? Maybe that's all she ever wanted. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't ever allowed to have candy as a child. And she's like... Are we going to get a Willy Wonka backstory on this one? Her <laughs> no, dad's a dentist. Oh God. Um, anyway, but the, but that is like you can make arguments for both because they go into the woods, right? Get lost because their breadcrumbs get right, eaten right. away, and while hopelessly lost in the middle of the woods, they come upon a house. Right. She's not searching for them. She didn't sing a song to lure them in. Well, but that I I would argue that the story definitely gives you the impression that she lured them in with the candy house. 
I think that's what the I think that's what all versions of Hansel and Gretel want you to think. So if we're going with what the authors want, they want you to think she's luring them in with the house. No author has written Hansel and Gretel and been like, so the witch was just chilling in her house and whoa, where did these kids come from? You know, I she mean, it's acts, always been. She acts like that. She's like, why are you eating my house? No, she doesn't. She's usually like, oh, are you hungry? Why don't you come in and we'll get you something else to eat? Yeah, because she, she finds them eating her house no, and she's no, like, oh, you no, poor things. No, <laughs> she wants to eat those kids. All right. Well, yeah. Well, let's then. <laughs> well, yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, since, again, it's uh, like there's so many versions. We'll say we are putting the version of the witch on the scale who is luring them yes. and is doing this uh, purposefully. Because who makes the candy house? Especially in the, the 1800s. Like, wouldn't you want like, Well, a you also have house? to, you would have to assume that she's magical. Right. What if her magic only can make candy houses? Well, I mean, it may, you can also say that it was an illusion. Yes. Right? And yeah. then, and therefore, the, then that would be a lure. Yeah. Which I think that's probably how you would frame it. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think there's movies and things like that that would be like, you know, the kids go to try to eat the house and in their minds they're eating candy, but they're like, wood. They're like eating wood and pebbles. And mm-hmm. Do you think the torture was prolonged? Again, that depends on the versions you read on how long they're in the house with her. It's well, how long. long did it take you to prepare these pork chops? <laughs> uh, about an hour. But from pig to pork chop is what? A <laughs> few weeks? I don't even know. Um, only because... Yeah, the pig wasn't aware. <laughs> uh, category 18, torture murderers, though the torture element is not prolonged. Mm. I would think... And if this is a, like, I fatten you up for, like, two days and eat you, I don't think that's prolonged months of torture. Okay, so here's the thing. I think her intention is, I'm going to fatten you up for, like, two or three weeks. But Gretel pushes her in the oven before it gets to that point. Because it's going to take a little while for him to gain weight. This is why we need um, someone who is familiar with livestock. Like, how long does it take to to fatten up? (laughs) Well, I can do a quick Google Like a calf. Let's see. Right? Don't they fatten up a calf? Well, I have, I have fattened up my little kittens pretty quickly in just a couple weeks. So when you're going to eat them. A couple weeks of, of <laughs> those, fattening. Those I mean, kittens would oh, not make a good Here meal. we go. <laughs> How long to fatten a cow for slaughter? It will take over a year to grow a 500-pound calf to 1,000 pounds. But she's not growing she these children for, for 500 pounds. Okay, but let's say it's not a year. I mean, like... Well, and is even it, even like a week or whatever would be. Well, and that's that's really subjective. I mean, is it any torture prolonged if it's more than a second? Like, I feel like no, no. I, I mean, seriously. So now you're just saying there's no such thing as non-prolonged torture. No, I'm saying that the torture that takes place within like minutes that's not prolonged. I'm gonna cut all your skin off and then chop your head off. That's not prolonged, but that's still a torture element. This fattening a person up is going to take at least weeks. All right. I mean, for me, only a couple hours, but... <laughs> You're the witch's dream. I know, right? You come walking out of the woods uh, and she's, she's like, like, yes! Oh my God. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with 20, then. All right, I'm, I'm for 20. Since we are intent, even though, well, one, we don't know her body count. We don't. Um, but we do know that she has murdered in the past. Right. According to what she has said. And why would she confess would she to something well, that she Well, she also seems to be a practice hand at this. And it's not like, oh, stumbling and fumbling all over the place like it's a first murder. You know what I mean? She knows what she's doing. <laughs> it's a science. She's got that cage set up. She That's perfectly kid-sized. She's got two cages. Mm-hmm. She has a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So then a torture murderer with distinct psychosis. Yes. I agree. I also agree for a level 20. 
All right. Now, question. Ms. Witch. <laughs> how would you like me to put her on the board as like gingerbread hag or <laughs> Rosalina? <laughs> now, I think if you put gingerbread hag, everyone will know who we'll you know mean. We'll know who that is, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I thought that would be better than the witch. Also, it gives it opens it up if we want to do any other witches in the future. Oh, and, and there will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the Grand High Witch turning children into rodents and then squishing them, killing them? Is all. Is that yeah. what she does? Okay, yeah. I've, it's been a while since I've seen that one. I don't watch that. Or does a Wicked Witch of the West kill people? I thought about that one too for a second. I don't. I feel well, no. about witchy. Dorothy's the only one killing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, but did did she kill Munchkins? Like, why are the Munchkins scared of the Wicked Witch of the West? You know what? That's a story. They're that's, not. They're scared of the Wicked Witch of the East. True. But that's a, that's a whole different argument for a different episode. So. Gingerbread hag, level 20. <laughs> oh no, it's a level 20 gingerbread hag. <laughs> get, your, get your feet afleet or whatever. So I was going to type, or I wanted to search and see how long the Hansel and Gretel story is. Yeah. But as soon as I typed how long, curiously enough, how long was Hansel stuck in a cage is a commonly asked question. Oh. Well, first of all, that's just your phone listening to you and it creeps you the fuck out. Four weeks. Okay, so that seems pretty prolonged. Yeah. And then he stuck out a little bone so that the witch thought it was his leg because she couldn't see very well. Right. Her finger thought it was his finger. Okay, so our second story for today is not, um, it is an unsolved case. Okay. Not a murder? Um, technically not a murder in this instance. But, of course, we will not have anybody to put on the scale. So this is the disappearance of Bryce Las, Las Pisa. Las Pisa. Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> He's American. Oh, okay. okay. He just has a weird-ass last name. <laughs> L-A-S-P-I-S-A. Las Pisa. Las Pisa. Yeah. I practiced saying that and still could not get it out of my mouth. It's been weeks. All right. Uh, no, I did this morning. Okay. <laughs> All right. The time, August 20th, 2013. The place, Sierra College, Northern California. A new semester was starting and Bryce Laspisa uh, is returning for his second year where he is majoring in graphic and industrial design. School has been officially in session for about two weeks. Classes in session for only four days. Okay, so the school has been open, registration, all that, but he has only been going to class for about four days. And it's the second year. Yep. And Karen, Bryce's mom, receives a phone call. This is from Sean, Bryce's roommate and close friend. In this phone call, Sean expresses his concern about Bryce's seemingly drastic change in behavior. He speaks of Bryce drinking much more than usual and also taking an ADHD medication that he has no prescription for. Adderall to study and work more in... No, it's, it's straight up Adderall. It's... Yeah. it's um, um, what's that word? Simulant. Yes. Yes. You're welcome. So, I mean, that's very common, right? You, you drink alcohol as a depressant. And then you need to study all night, so you take your stimulant to stay up and, and to do what you gotta do. It's called right? doing it the Judy Garland way. <laughs> or college. On August 28th, Karen is able to speak with Bryce, and though he seems completely normal and fine over the phone, he does surprise her by informing her that he planned to break up with his longtime girlfriend, Kim. Before this phone call, he had never mentioned any problems with the relationship. 
After this phone call at 2 p.m., Bryce sends the following text to Sean. Quote, I love you, bro. Seriously. You are the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. Sean responds, quote, I love you too, man. You have an amazing life full of love and blessings. Don't waste that. You have too many people who love you, Bryce. That's very sweet. It is sweet. I like for boys, they have to say, I love you, man, and I love you, bro. It's adorable. <laughs> and they say it where no one can hear it. <laughs> Later that night, Karen received another phone call. This time it was from Kim. It seems that Bryce had driven the two hours to her house to break up with her. <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. Hey, at least he's not doing it over a phone That's call. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He could have been like, or bro, make her but... drive to him. I know. Right? Be... <laughs> Let's go out. <laughs> Let's go it's... to a public place where you won't make a scene. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> However, his behavior, his behavior while doing so, was so erratic at the time that Kim became suspicious that he might be under the influence of some substance and took his keys away. And then she called his mom. Are we sure she's not just saying, I'm sorry, you can't break up with me. <laughs> no, that's good of her. No, she didn't want him. I guess she was afraid to, to let him drive. Yeah, no, that's yeah. actually, I mean, considering it was someone who just broke up with her, I, there, there's a part of me that would be like, see ya, sucker. Yeah, like, be like, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, that's really good of her. That's really good to. Yeah. Um, when Karen spoke to him on the phone, his mom, right? Mm-hmm. Karen is his mom. Bryce played it off, explaining that Kim was simply upset that he dumped her. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And though Karen offered to fly up to see him the following morning, he assured her that he was completely fine. However, he also said that there were, quote, a lot of things, unquote, he needed to speak to her about, but wanted to collect his thoughts before they spoke face to face. To his mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. So, he had a secret. Or secrets. A lot of things. That's mm-hmm. what he says. And it's, and it's Kim just standing there going, why don't you tell me what those things are? I'm right here. Remember, he broke up with her. She's oh. like, she's like, get an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and get the fuck out. <laughs> Kim's hardcore. Eventually, Karen convinced Kim to give Bryce's keys so he can make the two-hour drive back to his apartment. So he left around 11.30 p.m. Now I'm already starting to get, like, mom guilt. Like, I feel like something's going to happen, and then this mom is going to not be able to handle it. Just keep keep your pants on. (laughs) Oh, wait, does it get crazy? Is that what you're saying? Okay, so the pants are coming off later. Yeah. Got it. All right. They'll come off eventually. All right. Don't look up stuff, Clinton. You're going to get stuff given away to you. You should look up his picture, though. I, I did. I kept it on the image tab. Okay. I just wanted to see these people that we're talking about. Because right. I, I, but, I want you to keep in your mind, he has a very apparent, like, he is not hard to miss. Oh, he's like distinct. Look. He is redheaded, super freckled, super tall, and built. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, what's, who's that character? Oh, Yeah. Uh, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of looks like a mix between Archie and Jughead from yeah, the comics, yeah, not the not the CW no, beautiful no, no. people. He's, he's a little dorky. I was thinking of Jack Reacher. Oh God! No, I mean, I because Jack Reacher is tall and redheaded but, and, and like this muscular guy. That guy's then, muscular. Let me see him one more time. Well, I mean, in a tank top he is. Yeah, I mean, he does have some arms on him. All right, <laughs> then book has some arms on. Him. <laughs> All right, so at 11 a.m. the following morning, Karen receives another call. This time it's from her car insurance company. 
Bryce's vehicle had called for roadside assistance. And so she owned the vehicle, so they always know. Right? It was like an automated call. She calls Bryce, no answer. She calls Sean, and it turns out Bryce had never made it home. So um, what had happened was, instead of driving back to his apartment, Bryce decided to drive south, seemingly towards his family's home, which was 400 and something miles away. Oh, okay. Okay. After a credit card check, his parents found out that one of their cards that he had was used at a roadside service company in a town called Button Willow, which was just a few hours from their Adorable. home. <laughs> I mean, I would love to live in a town called Button Willow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 32 Sparrow Way, Button Willow, California. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Go ahead. They call the service company who informs them that at 9 a.m. a tech went out to the car because it had run out of gas. They gave him enough fuel to get him to the next service station. Okay, so he's alive at that point. Someone saw him. Yes. Okay. And then and then left him there. However, if this happened at 9 a.m., Bryce should have made it back to his house by 11 a.m. when okay. they received the phone call. Um, the tech offers to return to the spot and finds that Bryce is still there. Just simply sitting in his car. This means he had been sitting it there for over five hours. Even though he's got the fuel to go forward now. Yeah. For okay. apparently no reason. The tech calls his parents. Maybe sleep? You know, I mean, he'd been driving all night. Maybe take a nap? Well, he wasn't, he wasn't sleeping. Hmm. Wasn't sleeping when... They left him, wasn't sleeping when they found him. So um, so uh, the tech calls his parents, notifies them that he seems fine. Um, he's just sitting there. And um, he puts Bryce on the phone with Karen. Karen tells him to come straight home. He agrees. And the tech watches Bryce pull away. And this was at 3 p.m. Bryce does not show up, though. All phone calls go unanswered. And at this point, his parents file a report with the police, who eventually find him in a hotel parking lot just eight miles away from the spot he was last seen where he had broken down because of the fuel issue. Mm-hmm. So he drove eight, eight miles and then parked. Yeah. Yeah. Literally get to the nearest place. Yeah. Stop moving again. Yeah. When confronted, Bryce said he was waiting for a friend. He seemed alert. <clears throat> friendly and passed the sobriety test he also allowed his car to be searched for drugs and alcohol the police called his parents to let him know that he was fine they put him on the phone again and again they tell him to come home at this point i'd be like stay there i'm coming to you right like because he's only like an hour and a half away now right two hours um it's like three hours away are you sure yeah okay all right either way i'd be like to stay there yeah so he agrees, right? But even though he agrees, his parents are suspicious. So they call the tech. This guy goes above and beyond. Right. <laughs> okay. Like he's doing more than the cops. <laughs> right. So they call this this guy to go and and he he goes and finds him, tells him that he needs to go home, and then actually follows him until he gets on the highway. Wow. 
Um, he had been sitting in his car in Button Willow for about 13 to 15 hours. And he's not explaining why he's not going? He's, he's waiting for a friend. In Button Willow. Yeah, at the hotel. <laughs> That's what he told the police. But even before that, he was waiting by the side of the road. Right. But at that point, he just didn't say anything. I don't, know, I don't even know if people asked him, why are you here? Yeah. I mean, he ran out of gas. So, I mean, obviously, he wasn't waiting for his friend then. He just ran out of gas. And that's another, like, why didn't you stop to get gas? Right. Also, my whole thought, and this is probably because I'm a mom, right, is, like, where are you peeing? I'm like, you're there for 13 to 15 hours. Are you going to the bathroom anywhere? Just side of the car. I guess. (laughs) Anyway. Throughout his drive home, his parents are in contact with him making sure that he's doing okay. And then around 2 a.m., just two hours from home, so he, you know, he, I forget what time he... This would be the longest weekend. Yeah. I would be so pissed at him. (laughs) Especially, no, everyone's telling me that you're fine. Yeah. And you're just, like, fucking sitting in your car. Young man, get home. (laughs) You know? Your father and I bought that car for a reason. (laughs) Not for you to sit in. All right. (laughs) Okay, so um, so at 2 a.m., uh, he tells his parents that he's just too tired to drive anymore, so he's going to pull over and sleep. No! No! See, I'm serious at this point as a mom. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, find a gas station, stop there, and I'm coming to get you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, could not, I could not wait another night for him to get home. Mm-hmm. This is, it's too weird. Right. Um, and, however, uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> so, according to traffic camera footage, instead of pulling over... Bryce drove to Castaic Lake, which is a a recreational area near the Angeles National Forest. Once there, he drove his car off a cliff. It drove through a brush area and fell 25 feet to a road below, landing on the front bumper and falling on its side. Wait, can you tell me the, the height one more time? 25 feet. 25 feet. So two and a half stories. All right. According to the examination of the brush area, evidence suggests that he was accelerating as he went over. You can survive that. When police <laughs> when, a, when police arrived, they found that the back window seemed to be broken from the inside. Bryce's wallet and phone were in the car along with an empty duffel bag and just a few drops of Bryce's blood. But nobody, Bryce Lespisa, was nowhere to be found. An intense search effort was um, ensued. Police search or police search parties, private investigators were all used. Sonar technology was utilized to search for his body in the lake, but he was never found. However, search dogs did track his scent to a nearby truck stop. He has never been found, and there has never been any confirmed sightings of him. Wow. That's mm. really, really weird. Mm-hmm. So the the main theory is that he had some kind of psychotic break. Yeah. Even like maybe he was suffering schizophrenia, which happens to males at that age, yeah. especially when they're put under stress, like going to college and things like that. Um, and that's what he wanted to talk to his mom about. But he got into some kind of manic episode or something like that. And he became suicidal right 
And so um, there's either two ways it could have gone. His, his family, of course, likes to think that he wanted to escape his life and he's out there somewhere just living off grid or incognito or something like that. But because he has such a, a distinctive look and no one has ever said, oh, I think I saw him. Yeah. No reports at all. Most people think that he maybe got a ride with a trucker or something like that, went somewhere and at that point killed himself. And then just the body's never been found. Right. Which is interesting. And when they were, and that kind of seems weird too, but when they were looking for him, much like in the Gabby um, Petito Petito case or whatever, they found other bodies while looking for him around the lake. I mean, have they ever considered, like, wildlife, too? Like, maybe, you know, I mean, he, he did it in a park. Like, of course, they did they did get him all the way to the truck stop, I guess. They, they tracked him to the truck stop, and the, the blood evidence in the car suggested that he did not have any kind of li- life-threatening wound. See, that surprises me. Not life-threatening, but, like, broken bones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how did he, how did he survive that kind of fall without having, needing some kind of medical help? Good car. I don't know. Maybe like, he had two a and a half stories on. that accelerated. Like, <laughs> I hope he had a sleep well, on. I mean, maybe that was the thing, right? He, maybe he tried to kill himself, and then he went over the edge, seatbelt on, the airbag went off. He woke up, and he's still alive. And he busted out his back window to get out of the car, and he had to find a different plan. Yeah, it does. So the behavior of the like sitting there for five hours and all of that—it's that. It's that it's the, the suicide hesitancy kind of thing. Like, that's how it reads to me. Like, he he has this, but he's I'm gonna not... I'm going to do it, but I can't, I can't right. yet. Yeah. I feel like it was almost like he was indecisive because right. he was going home to talk to his mom, but could he talk to her about this? Maybe he couldn't find the words, and he was trying to think of how to speak to her or something like that. And then, like, in the process of doing that, it was kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it, I just... I can't do Well, it. and there could be a secret we don't know about either. Like, maybe there was something that he was keeping secret that he hadn't told anyone. Maybe, got, you know, maybe he was gay. Maybe he was, maybe he had a girl on the side. Maybe he had, you know, I mean, who knows what. Like, yeah. there was some other secret that he could not bring himself to tell people about. I I really do think mental health yeah. was probably, I, well, I, I mean, feel the like The drugs that. and the drinking, that yeah. Because well. think about that. If you have schizophrenia, yeah. okay, and this, and I um, I listened to a podcast a long time ago from a psychologist who worked with people with schizophrenia. And a lot of times they smoke cigarettes and they drink caffeine because of those substances in their body, like switch off the... the, the Demons. Well, the voices, right? Yeah. And it's like they become manageable if they're on those. So if he was self-medicating with medication or alcohol right to turn off what would whatever was going on it just it probably made things worse of course but it would explain why he his behavior so drastically changed Mm -hmm. so quickly also because he had only been back to school for what did you say like four days or something like that his parents didn't notice anything at home when he was during the summer like no and he even like from all accounts, his family was very close. They did a lot of activities together. While he was home for the summer, he took an English class at the community college so that, you know, because he had plans to graduate early. So either this was something that he had been dealing with on his own very secretively or it came upon him very quickly. 
Hmm. No, I can see it. I remember being 19 and in college and feeling the pressure of making that work. Not me. I was a, I was a theater major. <laughs> it wasn't too difficult. The Latka. <laughs> the big my city. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. It, it probably was mental health. It was probably some kind of mental health. But, okay, so let's put that aside. Put aside the reason why he did these things. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Where is he? Like, how How in the world is it? I don't... It's California. He could be... He could have just walked into the mountains. Yeah. That's crazy. And talk about wildlife. If that is true, then so you, you may think, never find him because of like a, a mountain lion might have right. You know. So you think so you think it's at least that like he he completed the suicidal mission he was he was going for. I think so. Even if maybe he wasn't suicidal, he was just having a manic episode, and and he walked into the wilderness, and he couldn't get back. Yeah. You know. That's sad. Yeah, it, but you know it is weird that they would track him to a a truck stop, but then there wasn't any CT footage or anything like that, or TV. like there was no trucker saying, "Oh yeah, I picked up that kid." Yeah. Well, I mean, we have historical records of truckers being murderers. Not all of them, of course. <laughs> Hashtag not all truckers. <laughs> but that crimes happen, you know. Yeah. So I guess yeah. someone who maybe even if someone who didn't kill him, but maybe someone who abused him in some way or something like that or if someone had a record and they didn't want to get involved yeah i could have done that but i mean and in that case you know he if he was hitchhiking he could have asked to be dropped off anywhere in the middle of nowhere and yeah and california has a lot of rural well this definitely this definitely makes me feel like there's someone who knows something about this you know what i mean it doesn't feel like he vanished completely. There's someone. There was someone at that truck stop who knows at least the next step. Mm-hmm. And well, I yeah, I'm sure cool. it was more innocent than your mate. Like, <laughs> I don't think it was some evil trucker that takes him <laughs> off kind <laughs> no, no, of no. thing. He probably did just find one and said, "Like, hey, can you take me to somewhere?" And then he did. And by that point, yeah, you know, I mean, considering where that trucker lived, he may have never even heard that this kid was missing. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know this kid. I don't remember it making national news. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. So it's possible that there's someone out there who... That's what I mean. That, like, someone knows I mean, yeah. something I'm sure more someone about did, where he is. But then they're just completely unaware that yeah. what happened next. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for his family. Yeah. It's just it, in the 48 hours before everything, or before his disappearance, that's... It was just such a bizarre chain of events. Yeah. It's a thinker. Well, that's just one that, like, again, as a mom, I there are so many should have moments, you know, that you'd you'd rehash over and over in your brain forever and ever. Oh, like yeah. it's just it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's not it doesn't feel like the boogeyman came in and took my kid. You know what I mean? It it feels like it could have been preventable. It feels like you could have done something, or you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, just the guilt would be too much. And I don't I don't blame this mom or that of family or anything. Not. But I, I can see like trying to live with that would be very difficult. You can understand why it'd be like they choose to believe that he's out there somewhere sure. and he's fine. He's perfectly fine. He just shit. doesn't I mean, want to be. We don't know. That could be it. It could, could be. It could be. His hair there could have been something he fat. needed to escape, mm. and he did. Yeah. He, he moved to Alaska. Yeah, and he, you know, wears a lot of makeup to cover up those freckles or something. I don't know. He works on an oil rig. Wears a hoodie all the time. Sure, sure. You never know. But that's just. Ugh. I hope it. I hope that's it. Yep. Mm. I think he's probably dead. 
<laughs> so let's say uh, one of you had a terrible secret or something, and you're like, I just need to escape my life. And let's say you did. You yeah. managed it. Would you come back? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, that defeats the point. Well, I'm just saying, he. it could have been, you know, he was dissuaded from the suicide and did actually make it away and... He could he could come back because there would he didn't break any law or anything like that. Well that we know of. What if he had murdered someone and that was the secret? Well nobody knows about that. So it's not like they're searching him for that. There's no warrant out for his arrest. Right. So him coming back is not going to like if he showed up be in trouble. Yeah, if he showed up one day. I mean, everybody will want to know where he was, but no he wouldn't be like put up on charges or anything. Right, right, right. Um I have, I have, I mean, obviously, I have yet for anything to happen in my life that would make me want to disappear. Also, you can't keep a secret. I cannot keep a secret. Can you imagine? We would walk into murder, or, you know, the Sundays where we meet in Murder Brunch and you'd open the door, I murdered somebody! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do about it! Yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty bad. You don't know. Maybe I do have secrets. No, you would ask me to help you. I don't you. have any secrets. I, I would be up at 2 a.m. helping you hide the body. Yeah. It's true. Probably in my backyard. <laughs> and it would have happened on this weekend when all of our husbands are out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If it were to happen, it would have happened that way. <laughs> and so we anyway. would, And we'd be texting Clinton, but he wouldn't wake up to answer the text. <laughs> yeah. He'd be no help. Clinton done. <laughs> Um, we'd feed the bodies to the cats now. <laughs> take forever. Those little tiny cats. <laughs> wow. That's why they're fat. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there you go. Poor Bryce. Poor Bryce. Or maybe good for him. He got out. Maybe. I, I don't think that's it, though. I think it is just as likely. I don't know. I feel like even if it was mental health issues... And he got, he got away, right? He got away with his, his secret and he decided to live on his own and everything like that. As close as he was to his family to not give them some hint that he's still alive out there somewhere. Not, maybe just a note saying, look, I don't want to see you again, but I want right. you to know I'm okay. I feel like that would have been... There is there is one thing that, like theory or whatever, is that he suffered a brain injury in the car accident. And has forgotten. Yeah. But again, he looks so distinct. Like someone... Well, this also, kid with amnesia that looks like this well, other guy. Also, you don't Should just we say, well, I don't know who I am. I guess it's time to start a new life. You yeah. go to a hospital. You go to a hospital. It's like, where am I? Yeah. This car is damaged. Well, I'm going to go get a job now. <laughs> yeah, I still feel like surviving that crash is pretty incredible. I think he busted out the window and a coyote came and got him and carried him off into the woods. But first stopped at the truck stop? Yes, for Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and a Diet Coke, please. <laughs> Or, I mean, the dogs could have mistracked him to that truck stop. Yeah, I mean, I mean who perfect. knows? That's true, too. So, all right, sources? Sources. All right, so my sources were historydaily.org, The Truth About Hansel and Gretel by Hans Traxler, villains.fandom.com, and historyofyesterday.com. And my sources were two very lengthy articles from, the, uh, from medium.com. Next episode is our season finale. Mm-hmm. You have the pleasure of having story A, mm-hmm. and I will figure out our missing case, missing person's case, and it will be... Or unsolved murder. Or unsolved murder, or just weirdo founding mm-hmm. fathers, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
That'll be a good one. And while you're waiting for that, please follow us on all socials. We are Murder Brunch on all the things. You all can, the things. All the things. You can email us at murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. And our website is... Murderbrunchpodcast.com. No, it's not. Murderbrunchbunch.com. That's it. And we'll see you next time. The website time. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. You guys don't go there very often. It's all right. Oh, but we're streaming everywhere. And if there's a service you want us to be on that we're not... Just let us know. And hey, how about a, a rate and review? That would be cool. That would be really good. And then, of course, check out our Patreon when you have a second. We're just uh, we're just looking for ways to fund these brunches. They're getting expensive <laughs> with all these pork chops and pepper sauces. And cotton candy. <laughs> well, we didn't have to make the gingerbread house. No, we didn't. That was ridiculous on our part. Um, either way. Who's going to eat that? <laughs> uh, but we hope you have a, a, I don't know, great week. We're not doing this right. Uh, so anyway, anyway <laughs> join us next time for more mayhem, more murder, more snacks. Bye. Bye. Bye.